Hello and welcome back to another week of the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, the founder of Style Story, your online platform, your go-to for all things K-beauty, and of course, your guide to everything that you need to know about what's going on in Korea. And of course, that is what our Tuesday episodes are all about. It's basically our opportunity to do a roundup of the latest and greatest, uh, you know, the news headlines and all of those sorts of things. And then Thursday's episodes is when we do our deep dive into like an area, I guess, of the industry, maybe a particular skincare topic, something like that. Uh, makeup, I think we did last week. So that is the general format that we are doing for our shows at the moment. And I'm going to introduce a new segment for our Tuesday's episode a little bit later in the show today. So stick around for that. But first up for this week's K-Beauty News Headlines. So this was one that you might have already noticed is sort of happening, but the headline said that the price of cosmetics is rising because the raw material prices have also risen. Uh, And this article in particular was talking about a rise in pricing for the mid to low price cosmetics in Korea. uh, And they gave uh, examples from a couple of different brands, including Innisfree and Misha. So apparently Innisfree has reported that the prices of their major products have increased from 3 to 36% this month. So one of their really popular products, Green Tea Seed Serum, has risen by about 7.2%. 0.4%. Their green tea balancing lotion is up 12.5%. And their Yute Honey Lip Balm is now 33.3% more expensive. Able C&C, which is, of course, the brand behind Misha and Apu, has also raised their prices. Uh, so Misha raised prices for 26 different products by an average of 11.5%. Uh, their Bee Pollen Renewal Ampler, which is one of their popular new products, is now 14.3% more expensive. Uh, and Pew has also had to adjust the price of their sunscreens, uh, five items uh, by an average of about 21.2%. So the article was basically just reporting that obviously the overall performance of cosmetic companies has been sluggish in general due to COVID-19, uh, but that these price rises were inevitable uh, just because there have been so many impacts on the cosmetics industry. Uh, raw materials, obviously everything to do with shipping and container shortages and things like that. Uh, so there's just a lot more costs compared to you know what what the situation was pre-pandemic. Uh, and the article was also reporting that obviously it's not just these brands that have been affected. LG Household and Healthcare also raised the price uh, of products from some of their brands by an average of five percent last year. L'Oreal Korea did the same. Uh, the prices for products from Lancome, Kiel, uh, Yves Saint Laurent, Giorgio Armani, they all rose by about 4 to 10%. Uh, and Chanel and Dior have also ra- risen, uh, raised the prices for their cosmetics as well. So this is something that I think is affecting all brands. I know for us at Jellico, we just had some really, really bad news. We have two products uh, that are currently in production, two new products that we are about to release. And what we really love to 
do when we release new products is to try and manufacture the sample sizes as well so that people can try the product before they commit to buying the full size. Uh, That is just something that, you know, is just so handy when you are trying out new products for the first time to be able to sample them and see if you like it or not, Um, particularly because at the moment our brands are only online. That's something that we really try and do. And we had a call from one of our brand partners, one of our manufacturers, and they just said, listen, because of how much the cost of raw materials has risen, we can now only manufacture these for you if we do double the amount that we had previously agreed to make for you. And that just made it not possible for us. It was just blew the costs out uh, just way past what we as a tiny small company were able to sort of uh, support. So we have had to just basically say to them, okay, go ahead and manufacture the full size, but we're not going to be able to do the sample sizes. And that's really, really disappointing uh, for us just because, you know, we, we literally had the designs and everything for the sachets ready to go. So we've been working on the basis that, you know, we would have these sample products and they just said, we just can't do it. We can't, It's just too expensive. Expensive. Uh, so the only way they can do it is if we do double the amount that we'd previously agreed to do, which we had have had to unfortunately say no to for the time being. So this is just, I think, going to keep uh, happening. Basically, it's just a lot more expensive to move products around the world. That's the other big thing, uh, you know, that I have noticed. The cost of containers to get a, con- a shipping container to move the products is so much more expensive. And then obviously there's a lot of delays at the ports uh, when you get there because of COVID restrictions and things like that. Inland transport, so the cost of shipping things uh, once they actually arrive in the country that they're going to is also really, really expensive. So all of these things are just I think inevitable. So the prices of cosmetics, I think, are likely to stay up and maybe even increase a little bit more until all the kinks in the network are just sort of worked out. Uh, I think this is a problem across all brands. Uh, you know, obviously, like if the luxury brands are doing it, you know, they've got a bit more margin built into their prices. But that was in the news headlines this week. So a little bit of unfortunate news there. But if you do notice the cost of some of your staple cosmetics rising, then that is why. Uh, so I thought that might be a good one to just chat about on the show because I know people have been commenting and just realizing, like, well, that's a bit more expensive than it used to be. Like, uh, people just getting greedy. And it's it's not that. It's just that literally everything costs so much more. So, you know, to actually make the products in the first place is just more expensive now, unfortunately. Uh, so, look, for this week's question of the week, we had a question from one of our regular listeners, lovely listener, who was asking... Basically, what does the new president mean for Korea? So we recently had a a presidential election in Korea last week and we elected a new president. Uh, So the new president is uh, a very conservative uh, person from the conservative side of politics. And so this is just not normally a topic that I would normally get into just because obviously we are a Korean beauty show. But I thought, look, this is not entirely irrelevant, 
for us to discuss on the show because obviously who the president is has the ability to shape pretty much everything that goes on in any country. He is going to be in, you know, if nothing else happens, I guess, for the next five years. So I think it will affect everything. It will affect, you know, who is working in the country in terms of, you know, women and things like that, how they are able to work, the policies that are put in place to be able to support people to do that. Uh, I think uh, in particular for this particular president, it's going to maybe impact on how foreigners are viewed here in Korea. Uh, And so I think that is definitely relevant to, you know, the industry more broadly. So the other thing that I think will be of probably uh, interest to our listeners is, you know, how accessible it will be to then visit Korea, like what, you know, policies and things like that he has in place in terms of opening up from COVID. So I thought, look, this is not the kind of thing that I would normally discuss on the show, but why not? Um, I think uh, I will put in a couple of caveats. First is I'm not able to vote as a foreigner, so I didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for anyone. Uh, This is something that unfortunately I just sort of, even though I live here, I pay taxes here, I have a long-term residency visa here, I am not able to participate in Korean presidential elections. And the only way I can really do that is to become a citizen. Uh, And in order to do that, I would need to drop my Australian citizenship. I would need to give it up because unfortunately, I am not married to a Korean. And the only people that I understand, there are only a couple of classes of people that are able to retain dual citizenship in Korea. Uh, And unfortunately, coming here as a foreigner married to another foreigner is not one of them. So this is not really something that is going to change for me, I guess. You know, I'm not expecting to be voting in any presidential elections anytime soon unless they change the law. So I don't really have much of a say in this, but obviously I am directly impacted by whoever the president is. So it's a little bit of a an interesting position to be in. So look, a couple of things, I guess, to know about this uh, presidential election is that it was the closest election ever since basically, you know, presidential elections started. So this was the eighth presidential election since democratic elections resumed in 1987. Uh, And that was after a few decades of military rule, which I think we spoke about recently in relation to the drama surrounding Snowdrop, the the K-drama Snowdrop. So that is kind of after that event all went down is when presidential elections resumed and it's not compulsory to vote here. So considering that it's not compulsory, voter turnout was really, really high. It was about 77%, which was similar apparently to the last election five years ago. So look, uh, here is the need to know about the new president. The first thing is that he is a man by the name of Yoon Sok Yeol, and he has uh, been likened to the, a Korean version of Donald Trump. He is very conservative. Uh, look, my understanding is that in relation to, uh, you know, international arrivals and COVID and all, all of that sort of thing, that he wants to get rid of the COVID restrictions basically as soon as possible, loosen the COVID restrictions so that business can get back to normal. So I think that is good news for people 
that are planning a trip to Korea. That that's probably a good thing. Uh, he uh, other of his policies, I guess, that may be relevant to people. Uh, he has promised to build more housing and lower real estate taxes. So under the previous administration, the cost of real estate prices basically skyrocketed. Uh, the average cost of an apartment in Seoul is now about, at about a million dollars. So that was a really really big big issue going into the election, just because housing on affordability and lack of housing was a big problem for a lot of people that are trying to get into the housing market. Uh, So he has said that he's going to take a hard line on North Korea. I think he's planning to, uh, you know, boost the alliance with uh, America. Obviously, the US and Korea have a very, very strong relationship. Uh, You know, the US still has a military presence here in Korea. Uh, So that is, I guess, historically has been a very important relationship. I think some of the commentary that has gotten a lot of traction maybe overseas was his commentary on his plans to abolish uh, Korea's Ministry of Gender Equality and Family. So basically he has said he wants to get rid of that. Uh, And I think, you know, Korea unfortunately still has a very, very big problem with gender equality. So that one was a little concerning to me personally. Uh, I think he has some uh, controversial views. I think that would be safe to say on feminism and affirmative action for women. Uh, so that's uh, one of his stances. He He's not a fan of foreigners. Uh, last year, he said he would solve the issue of foreigners putting spoons on dinner tables prepared by Korean citizens. Uh, so basically what he was implying was that foreign Foreign nationals have been foreign nationals, foreigners living in Korea have been abusing Korea's health insurance system. Uh, you know, by I guess qualifying for the national health insurance system when they move here, he singled out Chinese nationals as a burden on the country's health insurance system. Uh, and the actual data was pretty uh, clear that that is not actually the case, and that foreigners in Korea have actually contributed a surplus of about four hundred and fifty. 475 rather 0.2 million dollars to the National Health Insurance Service. So uh, they're some of the policies that I think he stands for. I think it is obviously too early to tell. He only just, you know, came into power. So I think time will tell um, in terms of, you know, what's actually going to happen. But in a nutshell, that's sort of the big ticket things to know about, I guess, him and his policies. Uh, you know, I'm just going to be waiting to see what sort of happens, how it all sort of pans out. There's a couple of things among those that concern me, obviously, as a woman and as a foreigner. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm in a bit of a difficult spot in the sense that, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. There's uh, Foreigners are not al- allowed even to uh, rally or protest or join any things like that. That is a condition of our visa that we are not allowed to get involved in political issues like that. Uh, and obviously also not allowed to vote. So uh, I guess watch this space. But that is the need to know if you, you know, do take an interest in these kind of things, in who's running the country, in the policies that will be governing the country for the next few years. Those are the kinds of things that he has stated are are a priority for him, basically. So we will leave that there. (laughs) Uh, Now, on to things that are far more familiar with everyone else from uh, that is a regular listener of the show. Let's go back to talking about a few new K-beauty releases. So the new product releases I did mention on the show uh, last week that we had like a whole bunch of new products, I think 27 new products. So I thought 
I will just cover some of the ones that were the most requested that people were actually really wanting to get their hands on. And the first of those was Skin Foods Salmon Dark Circle Concealer Cream. Now, this has been such a popular product for years and years, and we actually got it in by popular request. So the history of this cream, a few years ago, Skin Food actually ran into some pretty big financial issues, we might say. Uh, They closed nearly all of their stores and it actually looked like the company was going to go under for a while, but they received some funding and have been slowly sort of uh, starting to manufacture again a lot of their really key items and sort of expand on their collection. So this is one of those products that when people found out that, you know, skin food looked like it was about to go under, people were like, no, what about the salmon concealer cream? What are we going to do about that one? So the good news is that this is back. It's back in production. Uh, It's now in Australia at Style Story. Uh, So this is why it's such a favorite is because it contains Norwegian salmon oil. So a really great ingredient for skin immunity uh, and to fight the signs of aging. So this is just a really, really great product that works to conceal sort of sleepy looking dull under eyes. It's uh, an all purpose concealer. It gives the skin a really, really nice glossy look. Uh, So if you are in the market for a product like that, it comes in two shades, which unfortunately is just standard for, you know, Korean products. They don't have the same shade ranges as everything else, but, you know, concealer, I guess you can kind of work it in with your makeup a little bit better than say a foundation. So if it's not exactly the right shade, hopefully you'll be able to sort of work around it. But that is one of the new ones that people really wanting to get their hands on. So that is in store now. And the other one is their Skin Food Peach Cotton Multi Finish Powder. So this is another one of these uh, ones that is really, really trending at the moment. Innisfree has another um, product, their No Sebum Uh, they have a packed and a powder as well. So this is similar to that. This one though is an ultra fine translucent finishing powder. And this one is more for setting foundation and BB cream. Uh, It does also absorb oil and sweat and basically just makes your skin stay fresh and matte all day long when, when you're wearing your makeup. So this is just a beloved one. Their Skin Foods Peach and Sake line has been a classic since as long as I can remember. Uh, So this is just a really, really, really popular product from this line that does all the things that you would expect from it for oily and acne prone skin to prevent makeup from sliding around during the day. Now, what they're using, they say, is an air jet mill method to collect the powder particles, and that is particles that are lighter and more even than regular powders to minimize caking. Uh, So that's just a really, really great all-rounder. These are two really, really cheap products as well, cheapest chips. This one, I think, is $11.90 AUD, and then the other one is under $20. So just really, you know, cheap, cheerful, easy products that do what they say on the tin, basically. So if you are in the market for some great Korean makeup, then go and check those out on Star Story now. Uh, We also had two new product reviews as well. So the first one was a five-star review for Applebee's Derma Daily Repair Cream. And the review said, really like it. 
I've tried a lot of moisturizers and this is gorgeous. The texture is beautiful. It did a really good job of hydrating my really dry skin as it's quite thick but absorbs well. Uh, and then the second one was a five-star review for Tosun's Red Spot Ovalicin Cream. And this one said, instant relief. Instantly soothe my currently irritated skin due to a uh, compromised barrier. The cream is thicker yet smooth and I can comfortably apply it generously uh, over other serums and moisturizers without experiencing any pilling. I even tried it over my makeup when my skin decided to flare up in the middle of a very long day and surprisingly it worked. I love the tea tree smell too as it reminded me of my childhood. Overall, I really love this product. It's a gem. So that was for Tosawong's Ovalicin Cream. So two reviews there if you are in the market, I guess, for one for barrier care and then the other one recommended for really dry skin. Now, what I wanted to do as well, I thought just since, you know, we're introducing a few different topics and themes and things like that into the show lately, I thought, why don't we do a recommendation of the week? Uh, and that way we can sort of talk about, I know a lot of people have been sliding into my DMs lately with, you know, drama recommendations and things like that. So I thought, why don't we add a segment into our Tuesday episode where we can kind of talk about stuff like that and just, you know, maybe, maybe books, dramas, music, I don't know, anything, uh, you know, that we come across that is good. So I shared this one on my stories on Instagram last week, but this is just a drama that I have been really enjoying. It is called Juvenile Justice. It is obviously a K-drama. It is on Netflix. So look, I have a love-hate relationship with the law and order criminal justice style of Korean dramas, and that's just because a lot of them I feel like maybe they lack storyline around like the central drama. Sometimes they just get really boring halfway through and I give up. So I will caveat this by saying that I am not all the way through. So, you know, who knows? It could go downhill from here. How I discovered it, I was getting my nails done and in the salon, they had a TV on and they were playing this drama. And the whole time I was there, I just couldn't stop watching it. I was just like, this is so good because I'd seen it on Netflix. It came up on the, you know, new, new, new shows added to Netflix or whatever that, that, that section is called. And I was like, meh, no, I've seen enough criminal justice courtroom style dramas pass. So I actually don't think I ever would have watched this except that I was sitting in the salon and it looked really, really good. And I realized after the fact that what the episode that I was watching was actually sort of maybe halfway through the actual show. So I went back to the beginning and started from the beginning again. Uh, and look, I think it's just got, it's one of the reasons I found it interesting was because it actually discusses some of the issues that are facing youths in Korea and also how the criminal justice system works for managing, I guess, uh, young offenders, which is something that I hadn't really appreciated. Uh, obviously, I am registered as a foreign legal consultant in Korea, but I'm not actually a Korean lawyer. So I don't actually, you know, people often say to me, oh, you must know so much about Korean law. I know some things about some areas of Korean law that used to overlap with the areas I used to do, but that's more around things like labor law. So the, the whole criminal justice system to me, I've taken some subjects on it, but I am by no means an expert. So for me, it was just really interesting to see how different it is, I guess, from the uh, criminal justice system uh, 
uh, for, you know, managing youth and delinquent cases and stuff like that where I'm from is very, very different. So that's just an interesting drama. It has English subtitles. Uh, so, you know, maybe you might want to go and check it out. Um, but yeah, so I just thought let's do a little bit of a recommendation segment from now on. That way we can talk about a couple of other things other than just just the usual. So let me know your thoughts on having a segment like that in the show. Uh, Obviously, if you have any recommendations for me that you would, you know, that you think that me or other of our listeners would like to check out, please come and find me. I would love to know. I am on Instagram at lauren.kbeauty. Uh, That is all I had for you for this Tuesday. I will be back on Thursday, of course, with our deep dive episode. So make sure that you stay subscribed so that you don't miss that when it drops. And until then, I will see you on Style Story. 